0: How can this man give us his flesh to eat? The crowd grumbles against Jesus in the beginning of our gospel today. You know, several times in the bread of Life discourse, the crowd grumbles, murmurs, and complains about Jesus saying that his flesh is, is true food and his blood is true drink. They, they think it's crazy. And, and I'll say this. If Jesus meant his statements on the bread of life, uh, on how we must eat his flesh and drink his blood, if he meant those statements to be taken figuratively, now is the time to say so. Now is the time to say, hey guys, easy. It's just a metaphor. Chill out. But that isn't what Jesus does. In fact, he does the exact opposite. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? The crowd objects. Well, let me read Jesus's response in full. Amen, amen, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of man and The Son of Man, and drink his blood, you do not have life within you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in him. Just as the living Father sent me, and I have life because of the Father, so also the one who feeds on me will have life because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Unlike your ancestors who ate and still died, whoever eats this bread will live forever. So Jesus not only didn't backtrack, he doubled down on the literal realism of what he, he was saying, right? What he's saying. Even more than that, there's a nuance in the original Greek that we lose uh, in translation to uh, the English. So he, Jesus, changes the verb for eating, from verse 53 to verse 54. So in English, verse 53 to 54 is this, Amen, amen, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you do not have life within you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life and I will raise him on the last day. In English, you know, our word for eating is is eat, right? Yeah, so that's all we get in English. But the Greek word that he uses in verse 53 is uh, phagin, 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 phagin. Um, which is essentially kind of a basic word to eat. But in verse 54, Jesus uses another verb for eating, Trogon. Trogon emphasizes physical chewing or gnawing. Strong's Concordance defines Trogon as to gnaw, to munch, to crunch. Why else would Jesus use a different verb but to emphasize the literal realism of what he meant? The Eucharist is a matter, uh, the Eucharist, it's truly about consuming his flesh and blood, right? The Eucharist is really, truly, and substantially Jesus Christ, body, blood, soul, and divinity. Uh, what the crowd and apostles didn't know at the time was, was that Christ was going to give us his true, real, and substantial flesh and blood under the appearance of bread and wine. And we'll talk about why that might be tomorrow when we wrap up John 6. What's the takeaway? You know, one time someone said to me, um, said to me, hey, you know, we get it. The Eucharist is Jesus. Um, Can't we talk about something else? Something more relevant? And, you know, fair enough. Every homily doesn't need to be about the Eucharist. uh, And it shouldn't be. But that being said, the Eucharist is this, because the Eucharist is Jesus, body, blood, soul, and divinity, really, truly, and substantially, uh, the Eucharist is the source and summit of the Christian life. And it needs to be the source and summit of our own life. You know, the Eucharist is a simple... Eno- the Eucharist is like a lot in the faith, I should say. It's simple enough that anybody can grasp the essential uh, meaning of it, that, that Jesus is really, truly, and substantially present in the Eucharist under the appearance of bread and wine. But we can never exhaust the depths of... Of the mystery of the Eucharist, we can spend the rest of our life contemplating the Eucharist and find new insights, gain new graces. Um, we can never exhaust the depths of the mystery of the Eucharist. In this time of, of quarantines and stay-at-home orders, you know, when so many of us are deprived of the Eucharist, let's let's resolve to to contemplate this deep august holy mystery of the eucharist uh, so that we never again take for granted this most sublime gift let's take some practical steps to make the eucharist the source and summit of our own lives